have made it to season two of Who That Rises Up, Sports Talk with a Gay Talk, the twist, of course. Uh, I'm Kenny Ray, and I'm here again with my sister, Glenna Reeves. Girl, season two. Right? I feel, we first of all, I feel like we back at this, like the first day of school. But we are back. We have made it to season two after 14 glorious episodes that we, we, you know, we were so appreciative for. But we have made it to a new season with some new, some new gay shit and some new sport. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lord. New gay shit. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> some new gay shit and some new sports. I love in one for everybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm just, I, I'm incredibly humbled and happy to be back. I know we didn't take too long of a break off, but I do miss our listeners. I miss, uh, you know, doing this and, and, and having bring a little joy in, in, into my life at the very least and talk some sports and have us a good time and doing some more gay shit, like you said. Right, some more gay You know, I, that's my new term, some some new gay shit. Uh, that's what we're talking about from week to week. Um, so we, we, we've we had a good week and a half off. We had some great football, some interesting shit happened all over the country. Um, but more importantly, um, I want to really quickly, and I know I sent this to you before we get started and I get too drunk and so do you, I do want to send a shout out to one of our listeners who reached out to me, and I know I sent it to you, who yeah. has been posting us constantly on his page excessively. I looked at it, too. Over the last two weeks, and I'm, I, I, he reached out to us, and I, I do want to read it. He says, just listen to the last episode of the first season and laughing. A 46-year-old white dude and love your political talk and your personalities. Are you guys on Twitter? Just shared your anchor link on my Twitter profile. And he has done so for the last days. And ladies and gentlemen, it's called Love Playing Field Podcast on Instagram. Um, so from myself. What's the name of his Ken, podcast? Uh, Love Playing, Level Playing Field. I'm sorry, Level Playing Field. It's also a okay. sports podcast, but he does it a little differently. Um, from the conversations me and him have had through Instagram, um, he does it a lot differently. His is a little bit more serious. Ours is just what we give. And that's Still a gay shit. It's that gay shit. Um, but he did tell us, um, and we are so thankful for that we get this. And he did say, um, never had he listened to a group of gay men discuss sports the way we do. Um, yes, man. And I was like, right, right. And he said that he was he he made a point. He had only heard our season finale, and he made a point to go back and listen to all thirteen episodes. Because wow. he wanted to understand from the beginnings of whence we came. And once he was done, he hit me up yesterday and he said, I finally got through all of them. And I must say that you guys will be going places and he can't wait to see where we're going. So big shout out to you. Um, I'm going to start listening. I'm exceedingly humbled. I'm definitely going to take a uh, go listen to his podcast. Right, that's uh, what tomorrow. I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, I am exceedingly uh, humbled. Thank you, sir. So he has put us on his Twitter, his um, Instagram. He has put us. So those two places. And I looked on his Twitter. He has about 3,000 followers. So let me just say to him, amen. 
I mean, we're trying to get where you are. Um, <laughs> so, well, we'll, and we need to start posting his uh, podcast too when he releases episodes. Absolutely. So, uh, so we thank you. I wanted to say that up first because we I did mention to you, Kenny, that uh, at season two, he reached out to us and he was very impressed with the both of us. And I told him, I said, to be very honest with you, we do love sports, but I'll be very honest with you. We figured we just spend an hour and a half, hour to hour and a half every week, get drunk and talk about sh- gay shit. That's right. true. That's what we do. Yeah. And generally, I mean, generally we do. That. I mean, this is just the, the you know the quietest kept the reality of the situation. <laughs> this is just what we do, regardless. We just decide to start letting anybody else like get uh, get in on it. That's pretty exactly. Much- <laughs> we figured if anybody else can listen to we can talk about sports and gay shit with each other for a good hour we can do it with everybody else and get them to listen to it <laughs> oh so, that's wonderful you know it's gonna be my going thing for season two new, new gay shit we talk about so that's <laughs> well there you go there we go <laughs> and we unleash it for uh, season two. <laughs> so, yes i'm really excited for season two uh so i'm glad to be back i've missed you um even though i talk to you literally every other day <laughs> i know <laughs> but, i know, I know. Uh, I have missed you. Um, we've had some interesting things go on. We've had some um, some definitely things that um that we will we will discuss over. So um, first you and foremost, with, and I, uh, with the you want to start with what the serious real quick. Yes, let's do that. Um, and I'll let you start off with your hometown favorite because yeah. I know that's because yeah I yeah we have to take a moment to honor and venerate the great the real home run king hammer and hank aaron who passed away this week um and this one hit me hard because as an atlanta kid um obviously a a lifetime Braves fan i i grew up idolizing him i even met him once when i was um when i was younger in middle school uh, on the whim i was actually at a hawks game he was there Mm -hmm. with one of his foundations and they were honoring some children that he was working with at halftime and i happened to run into him when he was on his way to concessions and he stopped and he shook my hand he was extremely gracious and just just the sweetest man and i just he meant so much uh, uh, more than just what he accomplished on the baseball diamond and of course, you know, it, it, being a, a black man to to beat Babe Ruth's record that stood for so long, but it's the adversity that he came through in doing that, and all of the backlash that he had to endure because he broke that record. And then on top of that, all of the things that he did for, in particular, for the city of Atlanta that that people may not know about if they don't, if they, if they don't live here or, or aren't from here. Uh, he's always given back to the community. He's always been present. And I just want to say, you know, rest in power King, um, because you will be remembered. I, I, I absolutely adore that man. And what a life that he lived. I, well, like I said, when I heard about it, it, it was like watching for me, one of the sports greats fall because I watched him and I'm a big fan of the Atlanta Braves as, uh, as, as many of you probably know and heard from me. Um, but watching his highlights and that's something I had never done, but the day he passed, um, I took some time out and watched some YouTube highlights and to listen to from the Negro league to to just being part of the major league baseball association and making sure that, Black players understood from whence they came and how he got to be. And home run number 715 meant everything to him um, and to Black players, period. Um, 
it, it just it was a huge loss for the baseball community and it was a great loss for the, the city of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, it really, really was. And even for myself, I kind of, I, you know, that moment of, huh. Okay. Yeah. And in the words of the great, we, in the words of the great, uh, we're all, it's not, if we leave here, it's when we leave here. And the, and the fact that Hank Aaron was just natural causes, it had nothing to do with anything. It's just that, you know, this man was baseball. He was Atlanta baseball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he was the front. He, I didn't even know he was in the front office for about a good 10, 12 years. Yeah, he was in the front office for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a statue outside of the stadium. Um, it's beautiful, I don't know too. But no, it's, you know, they, yeah, they moved it. They moved it. It's outside in the Battery Park now, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So to, to, be, to be honored and commemorated in that way, as you said earlier, rest in power, um, I know some of the baseball greats only hope to live up to what he has done. Um, going forward. So uh, here at Who That Rises Up, uh, God rest to you. Um, and job well done. Yeah. Nonetheless, yeah. job well done. Absolutely. Um, um, also with that, uh, we take a great moment of one of my favorite basketball players. Uh, as we all know, a year ago, we lost one, Kobe Bryant um, and seven others. Um, but I took a good moment yesterday because um, I did purchase his jersey yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to do was purchase a jersey, um, a Kobe Bryant one, because um, he's one of my favorites. Uh, he it, out, in and on, on and off the court, he was one of my favorites. And so, you know, there are certain greats that when they pass away, you never forget the moment where you were, who you were with, and what you were doing when you, when when news you know, got out of what happened. Kobe exactly. Bryant was one of those people for me because I was with my sister. We were at uh, this rooftop bar called The Republic and we we're just enjoying a Sunday fun day or it might have been a Saturday. I don't know. It was afternoon. We were having some drinks. And it was a Sunday because I was at okay. the bourbon pub uh, shaking my head. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> you mm-hmm. <laughs> As you tend to do. But anywho. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and I was just sitting there and we were just talking and the bartender turned and she just had this distraught look on her face and she just said, y'all, Kobe Bryant died. And we were all like, what are you talking about? And everybody completely dismissed her and she turned on CNN and that's when the news struck and it was just it was it was it was of course tragic but it was also this bonding moment because I, we were just around a bunch of strangers and everybody mm-hmm. had some kind of Kobe story to tell about watching him play basketball or more than likely in the case of me having Kobe break your heart because the amazing, you know, uh, the, the maestro that he was with in, in the fourth quarter with the basketball. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, 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 and of course it was, it was tragic. It was too early. So yeah, let's, I, I definitely want to give a moment to honor and venerate him. Um, I, I know that, it, you know, everything there's a purpose for everything. So I'm not going, I'm no longer looking at it as a tragedy per se to be sad about. I just want to remember and be joyful about the fact that we got to see the special talents of this man in the time that we did. Absolutely. And so when I, when I saw something, they had it, uh, the Mamba Muse is what they called it on ESPN. And he was talking about the one moment that I want to bring up is he said that it was his first season with the LA Lakers. And he was, they gave, they drew up a play to give him the, they were playing in Utah Jazz and they drew up a play for him, the game winning game in the playoffs. And it was an air ball. 
they showed the highlight. It's still, I saw it on YouTube again. And he said, the one thing that I learned in that lesson is that's life. Mm -hmm. He said, but he worked all summer long, 20 hours a day to figure out exactly how to become great. And I think that's a lesson for everyone. You know, we don't question, like I said, the if nor the when, because we know it got to happen. Yeah. But the words of Kobe Bryant is the de the destination is is already given. It's how you get there is the purpose. So for me, it was one like like I said, on and off the court. Um, he was one of my greats, and that's why I purchased his jersey. Now I know fanatics will probably take two years to get it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. It's, uh, they be like, fanatics be like, oh, it's, it'll ship in seven business days. Do y'all not have the jersey in stock? I'm just asking. So Listen, just, <laughs> yeah, and the off chance that one day we actually have sponsors and might get some money off of this shit, I'm not going to comment any further. But I'm just saying, I love them. I spend lots of money on Late Night's website, but I'm just saying. That is true. You do, they do get your coins. That is true. They do get plenty of my coins. <laughs> so... Um, anyhow, uh, to those two greats, uh, keep resting in peace. Um, we, we love you. We, we will continue to remember you, remember you, sorry. And your legacy will definitely live on. Cause I can't, I watch videos of you guys. And I know now that watching Hank Aaron videos, I thought I was, he, that man was actually fast, believe it or not. I was like, God damn. Oh no. Yeah. They, they, so, he was, he was definitely an athlete before his time. Um, and you know, it's just, he wasn't, he was never, he was never the flashy, uh, you know, boisterous type of player. And so, it, you know, he didn't, he didn't make waves. Like, you know, he's, he was never like the Babe Ruth type that flaunted his women and, you know, walked around in fur coats and things. No, that all. wasn't his, that wasn't his style, you know? So, um, so it, Atlanta Braves was, he was the Braves and the Braves was him. Right. Exactly. So, um, speaking of that, uh, it's been a flurry of, uh, movement in the MLB, but I just want to go off of, um, the reason why you guys, I didn't do baby dad of the week, cause I wanted to honor those two men, but I have come across two basketball games a day, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that make me sincerely now onto a lighter note, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> right, but, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> right. Look, you almost like my buzz almost got ruined. Let me take a good sip right now. Here we go. I'm about to bring it back. Okay. You. <laughs> so first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't do Baby Dads of the Week because I wanted to honor those two men. But now that I've turned on the television, and ain't nobody told me uh, Jason Momoa, known as I.E. Stephen Adams, <laughs> now of the New Orleans Pelican, is fine as much damn fucking Oh, Lord. Let me take it. He was walking down the court. He was putting his head on the ponytail. And he did. You know how women do Jason Momoa? <laughs> he do. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> he did that lean over thing and his head just flew. It was down to his, it's literally down to his shoulder. <laughs> and he did that lean forward thing and lift up so all of it went together. I, it, it, I thought the TV was in slow motion because I was drooling. I said, God damn, he's fine. Oh, he, he looked like Crow Magnet, man. He, he, <laughs> he looked like he, can, like he just came from the ocean. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. He gives me like, caveman prehistoric like <laughs> I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the problem children. it's a very very strong brow on this one <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
just just man <laughs> man hear me roar that's what that is that's i so damn stupid you like I it swear. you like it when they look big and dumb <laughs> i bet you he can build a house and cut you all the same time and make you just want to do something to you so bless him jesus uh, <laughs> I, say, what? I mean literally i kid you not he was walking down the court and he leaned forward and all that hair went down and it came right back up it was like a magical movie bitch i said Whoa, shit. <laughs> Ain't nobody told me he was fine. Okay, all right. I I think hey, he, and, <laughs> and he's aggressive too. I saw him yank yank the ball out of his hand. I like the out the player hand. I said, "Ooh, <laughs> I, I was slightly turned on." Oh off. lord, oh gosh, I love him. I, oh, anyhow, um, so yeah, y'all just y'all keep an eye out for my baby. I might buy New Jersey. See, that's why I got no goddamn money. Okay, the bitch don't like prosperity. I just keep wanting to buy Jersey. Said, all right, shit. see, fanatics be like, uh huh. I know you come back, bitch. <laughs> Now, now, let me just say, children, if fanatics knew the reason why I was wearing jerseys, it'd probably be a completely different day. Probably wouldn't send them to me. <laughs> Girl, you're drunk ass. I ain't but anyhow, but also, I, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, anyhow, that's what. So, ladies and gentlemen, I am drinking this clear, nice pink wine substance. I'll let y'all figure out what that is. Um, but it's a lovely drink, honey. Trust okay. Me. Um, but also. Going forward, I was on watching the Lakers and the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And also, Tobias Harris wasn't that fine last year. He, he was, you know, he was rocking that them, that wavy fade. <laughs> nah, it's real curly and shit and, and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what it is with men with hair. And he got a bigger booty. I don't know. You know, in the summertime, these, these kids, the 20 days that they took off from the season in the new season. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Did you said wavy head. I cannot with you. <laughs> You know the way before you know the thing that the, the, the kids do, honey. You know, my mama, mama ball headed, honey. You know, I you got get put me in a good wig. It's over, honey. I, I he just happy he just listen. happy to have hit the Lakers lottery. And all right, well, since we on the NBA real quick, like because I know we got a lot of NFL to talk about. <laughs> but, but you know, for all of this talk about the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin oh, Durant God. and James Harden, and then oh, you know Russell Westbrook going to the. Uh, I it, and I just gotta say the Eastern Conference is looking real disappointing to me this year. Like no, it nobody, is everybody running away, folks yeah. losing games left and right. Nobody <laughs> is standing out as particularly dominant, um, which is kind of surprising because I Sad. thought it was going to be a lot more interesting. I don't know what is going on down in Miami. But uh, don't don't swear. I'm gonna call. I call Swag Daddy today. He don't call me back. Swag Daddy Pat Riley is. I'm sure (laughs) that he he's sitting there. Whole team gonna look new. Okay, he's sitting there. (laughs) He's sitting there with his legs crossed and his Tom Ford suit, just looking like keep on, keep it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna walk back in the locker room halftime. Whole new team gonna come out third quarter. It's gonna be a different day of shine. Yeah, I've been watching him too, and I was quite, I was quite confused. I was like, "Is this the same group of motherfuckers I just watched?" Mm-mm. No, now, now to be fair, I, I, mean, I know confused. that they've had some COVID issues. They, they've probably had the worst outbreak we've seen in the NBA since the pandemic hit. However, come on, like Tyler Hero, still fine though. Well, ahead. Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo are really establishing themselves as the core of that team. Which makes mm-hmm. me start to question. I don't know what the future of Jimmy Butler is looking like, but we will see. Uh, Listen, <laughs> children. They were saying today that Pat Riley does not make everyone in Miami is expendable. Everybody. If you don't perform, Pat Riley will make a decision to make you expendable. I believe that. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. 
Well, okay. so I mean, go figure. But also, can I say something real quick about the Brooklyn Nets nursery school? <laughs> listen, children. <sighs> okay, I wasn't gonna talk about it, but since you brought it, we here. We're ready. I was Let's go doing with it. Let's go. <laughs> so the Brooklyn Nets nursery school. And the reason why I say nursery school children is Kyrie Irving said he needed time away <laughs> from fucking what. <laughs> What were you doing? We are talking about somebody who believes that the Earth is flat. Okay, we're just going. I'm just going to put that but, out there. Like, just put that but literally, I, when he said, I, "The reason why he was away." Now, keep in mind, the, the reports that surfaced that his ass was at birthday party, shit, shaking and, twer- and twerking and carrying on with no mask. I saw the pictures. That's fine. I saw the pictures. He right. definitely was. So, but now all of a sudden, you had personal issues because you didn't look like you had none in those pictures. Mm. But now you got you got personal issues and you want to throw tantrums and you need a personal time away from what? Well, listen, I've been I've been uh, look, I've been warning people. And James Harden, look, James Harden is fat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm confused exactly what exactly they supposed to be doing. Because <laughs> it looks like I just. First of all, when they showed that picture of James Harden running his ass up down that court, I said, I'm sorry. Is that First him? of all, James Harden has like never been known for being particularly athletic or in shape. We can start with that. But yes, he is particularly portly. <laughs> I, said, bitch, this, I mean, I know he was waiting to be traded, but bitch, there wasn't no gym that was open. You could have ran past. Well, I, I, I kind of think that he did that on purpose because he was going to get out of Houston one way or another. And so he just like stopped caring. Okay, so instead of running past the strip club, let's run past the gym before you get trapped. I don't understand. I mean, a, a, like, allegedly, he's going to play himself into shape, whatever the fuck that means. But, <laughs> I, I mean, you, you, okay. you asked the question, like, people, like, I don't know why nobody has connected the dots on this. At least I've never seen. <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, people are afraid to fat shame or whatnot, but this is a podcast, so we just go ahead and put it out there. Like, everybody's wondering why Jane Harden don't play, don't play defense because his fat ass can't because he's out of shape. <laughs> like, like, like I felt winded for him. He was right. I watched the game when I, I felt winded for him. I was like, bro, I'm tired. Defense requires effort. Like, like I literally was watching both because they all on the court at the same time. And I'm watching them and I'm like, all right, so you got Kevin Durant. I give him your just due. But then you got the two nursery school players. They they came on, they didn't threw their tantrums, they didn't got what they wanted. They wanted to be they wanted to play all together. Now do something. Now here's the problem with that that I have. You have Kyrie Irving, who is a fly-by-night. Let's be realistic, mm-hmm. children. I think Kyrie, in his heyday, was good. I, but now you... Well, when I say good, bitch, I don't mean, like, great. I mean good. I mean six and a half to seven. But here's why I say that. But now, every time the wind blows, you throw a tantrum. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So, and then James, of course, has been part of the nursery school in Houston and got expelled from there and got sent over to Brooklyn. So now... The fat kid has now been shipped over to fat camp. <laughs> and I don't get it. I just I'm watching and I and they're not just running away like they like, you know, they were supposed to. Um, so yeah, the, the nursery school children, that's what happens in podcasts. We tend to mess up sometimes. But anyway, the nursery school has come together and I don't see them doing what they were supposed to. I don't see nobody blowing nobody out. I don't see the East doing nothing. I mean, I see Philly doing something. They about to lose though. I don't know how they lose to the Lakers after down this minute, but we'll go for it. 
Well, it's the Lakers because like the Lakers seem to be the only team that's like that has showed up from the, for, like ready to play. <laughs> I mean, from like twenty days ago when the season started. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, that, that that's the fucking reason why. Like you know, Look, so. these people are tired, man. Shit, tired from child. Don't even. Okay, I'm gonna take a drink on that one. <laughs> a lot, man. Everybody wants. Um. So yeah, I mean, we'll see as the season progresses. I mean. I think it's a shortened season two this year, isn't it? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't think Which so. Which I line with the rest of the year, so going forward, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'll get more. I, like I'll, I'll, we'll basketball. More basketball will come after we finish football. Right. Of course, but real but. quick, I did find I did find it funny today that uh, Bud Selig said they don't give a damn about nothing, the wrong nothing. They gonna have 162 games and y'all gonna like it and put the hell out swear. <laughs> Child, we ain't like it before the pandemic. Pandemic. I don't know what the fuck he think is going to change now. And then you know what? Since you brought up MLB, let me go ahead and get this out the way. <laughs> fuck y'all! Y'all get 162 games. Let's fuck y'all get. Right. Let me go ahead and get because uh, you heard the news that there will not be any inductees into the Major League Baseball Hall. No, I saw that. <laughs> I was tickled pink. Ain't <laughs> like, nobody great. <laughs> no, let me tell you something. <laughs> Um, but then next year will be Barry Bonds last year um, on the ballot, and then he will rotate to the uh, uh, I forget the name of the committee, but it's a secondary committee that votes that votes for players after a certain amount of after a certain amount of years. I can't remember the name of the, uh, the committee. Tim Kirchner was talking about it today, but point is, he won't be on the ballot anymore after next year. And they don't suspect that he will get in next year either. Although they do say that they expect a bump in his percentage of votes um, with it being his last year. But I think that the jury is in for whatever your opinion on it is. I don't care to talk about it because I think it's late and tired. But um, the the people who make the decision about the Hall of Fame have... have they said, fuck you, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it said Barry Bonds. Girl, you know what? You can't look. You can't sit with us. <laughs> okay, that's all. In the words of Miranda Priestly, that's and, all. And I'll share this opinion once, and and I and I won't share it again, just because I really, really think this this subject is so tired. Not tired, <laughs> but it, you know, it's it's hella tired. But I do like okay, like the Hall of Fame, the MLB Hall of Fame is a museum. The performance enhancing drug era is a part of MLB, his, MLB history. Yes, he should get in. Do I care? No, because frankly, I don't like him. Right? Like, <laughs> like just personally, I think he's an asshole. And so I don't care. But, you know, as, as a sports purist, if you could ever call me that, I think he should be in. So, anyways, moving on. I'm just saying, I saw that today. You will have 162 games. To fuck y'all. I said, oh, okay. All right. Make that money, bro. And they will be fans. They're going to be a 50% player. I said, okay, but get your money, player. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Tobias Harris is fine. Yeah. Anyway, all right. moving on. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on to history. So let's go with my favorites. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, we both had the AFC and NFC championship games this week. Um, Lisa said I was quite disappointed because my black and gold nation was in it. But can I say this really quickly? Um, Drew, if you ever catch a hold of this podcast, do me a favor. 
it's time to suit up. Time to sit down, bro. <laughs> I, 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 I thank you so much for the 20 plus years you've given. I'm sorry, 17 years you've given New Orleans. Um, but it, I think it's time. And we, we, we appreciate you for the one Super Bowl we did get in history that I was able to see while living. But I would like to see another one while I'm still living. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> do I like Tom Brady? No. But I, I do think that the young bucks. Where are we going with this? That I, I just don't like Tom Brady and and, the, and Aaron Rodgers and the, and Aaron Rodgers got whopped, and I hated it. Okay, so we go. So they, the championship about? series this past Sunday. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So you want to start with Green Let's Bay, go with Green Bay and Tampa? And yes, Tampa. Okay. All right. Sorry, so I was saying thank you to Drew. But <laughs> Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Uh, the Battle of the Bays was good to start up with for a minute because it looked like Aaron Rodgers and company was going to get shellacked, and then they started roaring back. Well, then Tom Brady showed up, and so did the geriatric Bucks. And I've said my piece on that earlier this year. Do I like them? No, but um, Tom Brady is great. Now, do I like him? Absolutely not. I do wish Aaron Rodgers and them would have showed up a lot more in their hometown. Well, okay, so I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on this uh, for two reasons. One, yes, Tom Brady played a great game. Like, he, he did what he does. He's consistent. Like, you, you can expect Tom Brady to be consistent unless you put pressure on him and scare him and force him into mistakes, which, by the way, happened because you can't forget he did throw three interceptions in that game. Um, however, that game can be attributed not to Tom Brady, but that front seven of Tampa Bay refused to allow Aaron Rodgers to stay exactly. in a consistent rhythm. And that's what won that game. And let me tell you, <laughs> I completely understand, because I have a lot to say about this with Aaron Rodgers. If you haven't noticed, like a lot of the talk this week has been about Aaron Rodgers' very passive-aggressive and KG messages. He's been planting seeds all over sports media this week um, about uncertainty of whether or not he will stay in Green Bay. Now, there by no means do I think he's going to leave Green Bay. Unless a total collapse. I think he should. I think he should, too. I think, no, I think he should. I don't think he will. But I, what I do think is that he's playing his hand, and he's basically telling them, like, don't fuck with me. I will mm-hmm. leave. Because I'm just going to go through this a little bit. Let's just talk about the fact that the Packers have this very systemic issue with playing for the future and trying to develop players for what's to come next rather than going all in and investing with the present and what they have right now and trying to win right now. And that is what has consistently screwed over Aaron Rodgers through his entire entire starting quarterback for the Green, Green Bay Packers. And it always shows up in these playoff series. And, 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 and Aaron Rodgers has got to be 100% over. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just talk about this. In that game in particular, number one, the defensive coverage that they called on the final play of the first half, all they had to do <laughs> was play a simple zone, prevent something, just don't let somebody get behind the defense. And they went man-to-man and allowed that 39-yard touchdown pass to Scott Miller because they decided to have him man-to-man with the linebacker. What the fuck? Right? 
Like I, I like that. I was like floored, but that is that that is indicative of the kind of things that they continue to do in Green Bay. I saw some interesting some interesting things like uh, come up this week. For example, uh, you know, assuming that Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP this year. Um, which would be his third one. And he's an overwhelming favorite. Everybody expects that to happen. I don't see any other difference either. So assuming he wins the MVP this year, that would be his third. That would make only two quarterbacks in NFL history history that won three MVPs, but only had one Super Bowl Mm -hmm. win. The other one is Brett Favre. Mm. It's just, <laughs> it's systemic. It's a problem in Green Bay's organizational, like how they how that organization approaches their development of their teams. And Aaron Rodgers is over it. And I don't, I, blame, I him don't blame him at all. He's right. tired. And then you have Jordan Love looking over your shoulder. <laughs> Which you know, and 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 that's and, and, okay. Okay, so that did motivate him to, to really just show up and show up also all this season. Yeah. And, and, and it led to an MVP season. However, like you still got Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably one of the most talented, you know, quarterbacks to play the game. Um, and you still haven't done anything to shore up his offensive line. You haven't done anything to give him some support on, on, on uh, for the defensive pass rush. When you know that you needed it, when you know that there was a good chance that you were going to face Tampa in the postseason, and you know the key to beating Tom Brady is to move him off the spot and make him uncomfortable. Like, that's been the playbook to beat him for over a decade Mm -hmm. right now. It's not rocket science. Like, it's not difficult at all. And you see other teams that either overachieve or push past that mark because they see a problem during the season and they take steps to fix it. For example, Seattle started off the season with a deplorable defense, especially in the secondary. What they do, they go get Jamal Adams and they go sure up the back back end of their defense. And they made it. They made a a, a respectable run to uh, into the playoffs when they weren't supposed to even get when they weren't supposed to get there because that defense was atrocious. And they were regard they were they were uh, they were leaning on Russell Wilson to have to score 30, 40 points a game just to win. Um, and towards the back half of the season, their defense was actually pretty damn good. Um, you look at t- like Tampa Bay, for example, they went out and got Antonio Brown. Like they needed, like they needed that, right? They did, but they did. And Green Bay just doesn't. I was so floored when Green Bay didn't make any moves before the trade and down. got nothing. And this and got nothing. And I feel like this loss is a complete, uh, such a sequel to that 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 inaction. And them stubbornly sticking to this this philosophy that mm-hmm. they have that clearly will will clearly yeah it'll produce a contender and a good team year in and year out but it's not producing Super Bowls so you know pick a struggle <laughs> ah, <laughs> shit pick a fucking struggle like what do you want right <laughs> it's just like I said mm-hmm. it's watching Green Bay and then watching Tampa Bay who I and I'm just gonna say this bought themselves a Super Bowl you know. Uh, well, they or at least the NFC Championship because I will say I think the Young Bucks will get in that ass next Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think t- do I just like Matthew Stafford and uh, we're not giving Super Bowl picks yet, bitch. Till next I week, I just said I just think the Young Bucks <laughs> will get that ass. But anyhow, we either hey hey, hey hey 
Anyway, <laughs> is it time for Aaron Rodgers okay. to get out of Green Bay? <laughs> yes, if, if to to even because he's still got a lot left in him. Um, but I, will he? Probably not. Um, so we shall see. Well, Godspeed, man, because I hope that he does. I truly do. I hope he doesn't kiss his ass and keep it moving, personally. Okay, okay. Like, for real, just give him, give them his, like, give them his whole ass to kiss because they, there is no excuse for that man to have only have one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No excuse whatsoever at all. Like, do you think if he had the likes of a Bill Belichick or Andy Reid or uh, hell Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> I'll give him <laughs> like goddamn you know, Timothy McVeigh, like like not Timothy McVeigh. Oh my god, Sean McVeigh. What the fuck am I talking about Sean McVeigh? <laughs> Lord, let me go ahead and just take a, a moment of silence for that. Fuck up right there, <laughs> y'all. She's been drinking. She's right. y'all. We saw it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh Lord, I'm sorry, Oklahoma City. Anyways. But um, yeah. <laughs> um uh, Lord. Uh, but anywho, yeah, I just I I I I I continuously look at, at at what they keep doing, and I just don't understand. And I don't like Green Bay at all. I find Green Bay fans uh, horribly obnoxious. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize to any that may be listening right now, but you know, whatever. I'm a Falcons fan, so you can talk shit. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing to hide. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just a hater at this point. Hey. So. <laughs> but anyway, I'll just leave it at this. Like you know, Aaron Rodgers is 11 and nine, and post his postseason record is 11 and nine since the, the, mm-hmm. the Yeah, like I just, it is what it is, and it's not because of him. Yeah, so, well, moving on to a, which was an interesting game for a little while, and then it just went from sugar to shit real quick. Um, it did. I was rooting, you know, I was rooting for Cope Beasley and, and my baby daddy, Josh Allen, um, but that didn't seem to fall out correctly. Um, the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, you, was, you was rooting for the Bills? Absolutely. I, mm. Okay. You know, Travis Kelsey looks like, Travis Kelsey is fine. You know, speaking of which, Travis Kelsey looks <laughs> real quick. Travis Kelsey looks like Go ahead. he don't know what one plus one is. I know he's smart, and congratulations to him for being Walton Payton Man of the Year. But that bastard, yeah, that is true. when he talked, <laughs> when he talked, I was like, God, thank God you got money, and you kind of cute. So I just, I do you know how many football players that that uh, that description fits? Well, I just was expecting a lot more from him, honey, because he had. <laughs> and then wait to top it all off, the black girlfriend he had, they are no longer together. I say, well, there still might be a chance for me. I kind of perked up. I was like, well, he might be dumb as hell, but we might be together. I'm gonna knock you on the, your door and tap on your window. But yeah, so you come back to me, honey, fine ass. But um, <laughs> I was rooting for the Bills. You know, it's their first of all, they hadn't been into a championship game since 1993. Um, so it's been a, a very long time. Uh, but I remember that game. Yeah, too. but they deserve of the utmost of the AFC. They, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, go ahead. I, I left here for a second. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Lord, my sister. I swear. Oh, bless him. Um, <laughs> but 
I, they deserved it. Now, their defense didn't show up like I wanted them to, but, you know, hey, big ups to the Kansas City Chiefs, AFC champions, for the second year in a row. Um, it just was an interesting game for a while, and I didn't expect it. Well, you, you know, I, I I did expect a good game. I did expect it to be interesting. Um, Kansas City, the, their defense has been disappointing all season, so I wasn't expecting some kind of you know, uh, extraordinary performance from them. Um, their coaching has been good, and he's been very good at scheming up ways to get pressure on quarterbacks, which we saw in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah, the two weeks from them. Um, you know, they definitely kept uh, Josh Allen scrambling out of the po- pocket and, and, and uncomfortable. Um, there is an extreme upside to the Bills, but what that game highlighted is the Bills need to take this offseason and figure out their running game because um, Josh Allen rushed for 88 yards and he was their leading rusher. Um, and that was mainly because he was running for his life. And also he was just trying to create – uh, uh, create some kind of spark or, 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 or you know, a play, d- just trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. I give all the props to him because what I think what we're seeing, is Josh Allen represents this evolution of, of what we see the quarterback play in this league is turning into. He's big, he's physical, and that man is mobile. Like, ain't he mobile? And fine. that boy can run. Like, he... He he made he makes these cuts and these moves. I'm looking like, wait, are you a running back? Or are you a quarterback? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, and you, I mean, like we, and you start to uh, put that together, the likes of like a Lamar Jackson and Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Murray, Kyler Murray, and whatnot. Like Josh Allen is right there with him, except for he's got the size. He does. Like, he's a you know just, he's a big just, man that can mm-hmm. that can move. He's nimble. Um, and, and, you know, and as impressive as that is, you also, but he also has that cannon arm and you don't want that to be a mainstay of your offense. So they're going to have to figure out that defense because they were way, excuse me, that running game, because they were way too one dimensional in that game. And I think that very much gave them a hard time. Um, and without that threat, like all they had to do was just basically pin their ears back and tee off on them. And they're not a particularly good rushing the quarterback team with the exception of Tyron Matthew. Um, uh, but other than that, I mean, they, but they definitely don't get much pressure with their, with the, with four down linemen for sure. Nope. I just, like I said, I want going into this off season for the bills. I want them to finish up, get them another out. Like Cole Beasley is a good slant receiver. Like that's what he's known for. Um, mm-hmm. but I want them to find another kind of speedy all over the top. And I want them to sure up that middle. Um, I mean, frankly, he's kind of Cole Beasley's kind of the best at what he does. Yeah, and that's, that's a, what he's, he's, he's that's that's what he signed already. up for, right? And I can I can't say enough about Stephon Diggs. Wasn't um, he great? I mean, he, he's resurrected his career, career in Buffalo. I mean, he he led the league in receiving this year. Um, he's dynamic. He's awesome. And like I said, they just didn't have any balance. Um, but I mean, there's going to be. I mean, they're they're not going anywhere. Uh, we'll, they're going to have to deal with some salary cap issues going to next year because they got a linebacker they need to pay a left uh, a left tackle. And then on top of that, the question, uh, the decision has to be made on whether or not, because at the time, right now, you know, Josh Allen's still cheap because he's still on, his, uh, on that rookie contract. Exactly. But, so the decision has to be made, do you try to keep these other players and wait on the extension for Josh Allen? But with his 
a meteoric meteoric rise this year, if you wait, it's going to be hella more expensive to pay him on the back end. So what they could do is sign him to an extension this offseason. It's still going to be expensive, but it'd be less expensive than if you wait. Um, so it's it. So they've they've got some they've got some salary cap gymnastics to do to figure out some big decisions that are going to be made. Um, and 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 that will bear out, and we'll see how it plays out next season. But they're still going to be a very talented team. They got the quarterback. They got the they got the coach. So they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh no, Sean McDermott um, is a beast. Sean McDermott yeah. is a beast at what he does. And like I said, just sadly he got out coached by Andy Reid, which is like I mean most people do. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, you know, most people do. So that's not something to like, you know, I wouldn't hang my head in shame and all that. Like, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I really, I mean, the only person that's in his league is Bill Belichick. And I mean, that's starting to look questionable as well, given that Tom Brady has completely won this divorce. Mm, right? <laughs> his divorce settlement was real good, bitch. I said, well, get it, honey. Right. That's like, you know, you like, <laughs> that's like, you know, you break up with somebody and then <laughs> you randomly run into them and they fine and like, you know, and in shape and got a new person that's fine and all that. And you trying to hide so they don't see you. <laughs> so you just go out and slash your tires. <laughs> I've <laughs> been running hot hands. Okay. <laughs> go, go home and eat a pizza and get some ice cream. <laughs> get some ice cream. Ooh, and wait and see. Look, wait and see what part of Revelation is going to happen outside <laughs> once again. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm like my fourth lesson. So, uh, American homos, excuse us. That's not my fault. Season two, we in it. Yeah, um, I think so, I'm going with folks. So, <laughs> yeah. So with that though, um, with with two teams remaining, there were a host of uh, coaching changes to be done, and amen for some of them. About goddamn time. Uh, yeah. About goddamn time. But uh, I'll let you start because I know we had a few things. And yeah, okay. Yeah. So just briefly, some of the way. I guess some of the more notable ones is um, <clears throat> I, I, I want to talk about actually I like to talk about I like to marry this with the uh, with the quarterback situation that is going on. Oh, God, yes. Because I think that's going to be the most interesting thing in this NFL offseason. And what brought that to mind is the for the first thing that came to mind was the New York Jets and the hire of Robert Salah. And first of all, let me just let me just you know give take my hat off to him for being the first Muslim American Muslim American head coach in the NFL, which is something that hasn't been widely reported. Um, but yeah, he does have that distinction of being the first Muslim American uh, head coach in the NFL, which is pretty outstanding. Which is good. Um, yes. Now, um, I like him. So far, his philosophy, I think, is solid. He brought in offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur, who is going to run a West Coast-style offense similar to a Kyle Shanahan type of scheme. Mm -hmm. So, 
there's all there's art, a lot of rumors with them making a, a big run after Deshaun Watson. Which huh. I, yes, that which I think, you know, there's potential there. Like I think that that would be a very good marriage. Um, I think Deshaun Watson would fit into a scheme like that very well, especially if you can add if he still has it, because, you know, Houston, I think, may have broken him, but we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, you but, know, he's upset, honey. Right, but if you can add that option of, like, you know, run-pass options and, and whatnot, and even just a threat of that in your offense just completely changes how teams can create defensive schemes against you, there is potential there. Now, Deshaun's going to be expensive. However... Oh, absolutely, anyway he goes. <laughs> right, I mean, he's going to be expensive, but... The Jets have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, NFL draft capital to dispose of as well. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. I I, I really do. I think that 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 is something. There's been a lot of talk about it, so it seems to be, you know, a good possibility. But it also there's going to be competition to get them too. Well, there's going to be. I would say the Jets. Uh, the t- I hope the Dolphins haven't given up on Tua as they say, as as some reports have come out of Miami that they have, but I don't think so. Give it, give it another year. Yeah. Um, maybe New Orleans, but we don't have a lot to give. You know, our salary cap situation doesn't say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta, even maybe. You never know. Yeah, I mean, there. Like, I think, I think you got to look at the Colts. Um. You know, that's but I don't I I doubt that they would even try to they wouldn't trade him within within conference. So maybe not the Colts. But um yeah, I mean there's I, it's just there's there's several things out there, but the Jets seem to make sense and they definitely seem to be the ones that you hear the most chatter about and how these mm-hmm. NFL teams work is things leak because they want them to leak. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. I just think that, you know, between him and now Matthew Stafford and, um, well, Sam Donald in this case, because you never shit at this point, you know, he may be on his way out of New York. Um, Jacoby Brissett, there's a lot of options going on around the league. Maybe Jameis Winston may be out of New Orleans because he was on a one year deal. So things like that. Jameis Jameis would be happy to be, Jameis would be lucky to be someone's backup next year. Don't even bring him up. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. (laughs) <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I wish you. If y'all wish you could, I wish. I wish our audience could see my face when you mention his name. <laughs> Come on, crab claws! Okay, <laughs> stealing crab with your ignorant ass. I will say that I don't. I, I honestly don't feel that Sam Darnold has gotten a fair shake at it. I think he's talented, and I think that there's potential there. And, right, I I agree. And so it's one of those situations where, you know, I. I don't think that they could go wrong either way. Well, I changed that. They could go wrong if Sam Donald were, if they were to go with the route of keeping him and then trying to build around him with the many draft picks that they have. Um, And he doesn't pan out and he does turn out to be consistently what we think, what everybody thinks he is already. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just don't know because he came in with so much promise, but he was stuck with Adam Gates and that bullshit. And like, you know, so I don't. I just don't think he's gotten a fair shake at it. And um, I, I honestly like. If I would, I would, I, I would, I would like to see Sam Donald come to Atlanta. I take him. 
Oh, yeah, because, you know, it's the system. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Uh-huh. He was shit in Miami. Uh-huh. He went to Tennessee and has thrived. So it is the system you are in. Yeah. I yeah. So I, we'll see. We <laughs> shall see. Um, I also wanted to bring up, so there's been a lot of talk too about and it's and it's uh and it's really kind of been put out there by the very nebulous and um ominous statements by a less needs uh less need the general manager of the la rams and the the future of jared golf oh i heard that that one kind of surprised me however i also in the same vein have never been a believer in him either what are your thoughts on that uh well for I don't know what it was his first season. He was Carson Wentz, him and Carson Wentz, back and forth. They look great. They look great. They look great. And then all of a sudden, you know how you ride a roller coaster and you get to the top and they just dangle you over and all of a sudden you take that nosedive to hell? Mm-hmm. That's Jerry Goff to me right now. <laughs> I don't see a redeeming quality. There are moments of greatness, and then those it's like a roller coaster ride, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. It's you climb all the way to the top, and then you you were this uh, offensive powerhouse that uh, I'll say it, she did New Orleans out of the Super Bowl, and then you hit the Super Bowl and you score three points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um I I think that he is a product of Sean McVay's system. And I think what they're looking, what they're hoping to, what they're exploring is, can we get a quarterback with a little bit more huspa, as people say, <laughs> right? Uh, that they can depend on, that can, uh, that can, that can put a team on their back when needed and, and make a dynamic play. And I just don't think that mm-hmm. I just don't think Jared Croft was that guy. I just I don't see it. And if Sean McVay doesn't, because he even said in a conference, he's not sold. Like, a, uh, not a conference, uh, you know, one of the meetings, a press conference. That's mm-hmm. what I meant to say. He is not sold. So if your own coach don't believe in you, what in the fuck is you doing? <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Uh, I think we can answer that question because we all saw. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we all saw what he did. I mean, we, we, we that's been a, that was a theme of, uh, that was a big theme of season one of, our podcast, whenever we discussed the Rams, that they were bipolar. We don't know which, we didn't know which team was going to show up. And, and we saw it when they showed up. Right, exactly. And what I, what, what would be a, tr- would be a tragedy for LA Rams, because, you know, these windows that they, that teams have to be competitive and Super Bowl contenders aren't big. Um, and so what would be a, a real tragedy, at least if you're an LA Rams fan, it would be is if they turn into something similar to the Chicago Bears, where you've got this super talented defense and these stars and your front seven and whatnot, and they get frustrated and give up because they can't depend on their offense. And by no means am I saying it's Jared Goff or Mitch Trubisky, even though you know I still love him. But like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I still I still yeah. love him. Call me Mitch. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> call me baby. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> call me boy. He may not be back in Chicago either. If, if Chicago is smart, he won't be. They'll send him to my house. But like, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, he still got to earn a paycheck. Listen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Look, we can do this thing together. <laughs> we this thing. Look, baby, we gonna ride or die together, but we are as long as you getting up every day making a way out of no way. It's me and you. <laughs> I can't stand you. I swear All I, I need can't. in this life is it's me and you, my boyfriend. It's me and my boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah. See what happened when you let me do Ain't nothing going on but the rent. <laughs> if you got to say, oh, be if you want to be. See, this is what happened when you let Ladies me Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast, podcast ever tonight, <laughs> this podcast will be canceled as of this week. We can't get no motherfucker around. We got. You know, we got jobs to go to in the morning. This is a bullshit. Yeah. We we might have been we might have been a little overzealous about uh season one, uh, see, episodes one of season two. Well, <laughs> <laughs> shit, that took up my spirit. Like the Anywho, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, gays. <laughs> so anywho, um I I I wanna keep on this theme though, and uh and real quick. So now there, so I, I think what what I, what I find interesting, and you know, I find it interesting. So we, you know, whatever that's what matters is our podcast. So, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Matt Stafford, because you know, it's it's one of those situations where it, it, it's it's kind of an unknown. What does he have left after you know spending those years in Detroit? And being completely demolished and torn down and broken and injured and whatnot, but he still got that hose of the arm. And I saw what he did to the Atlanta Falcons this year when he had, I think, what, 40, 50 seconds left to go in the game and march that team right down the field methodically, efficiently through that winning touchdown. There, I, I think there is something there. Um, the early the early rumors are he looks to be a good fit in Indianapolis, and I tend to agree. Mm. I tend to agree. Yeah, uh, that I can see. That. I tend to agree. I think that that would be a very good situation for him. Hmm, that's a that's a penny for my thought because you. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, because they've got they've got a solid team and a solid base surrounding him. They've got an amazing. They've got a very uh, a, above average, outstanding offensive line, um, and they frankly were very limited this year by you know Methuselah, Old Man River, Philip Rivers. Hey. <laughs> Come on, Methuselah. Methuselah, Old Man River, Philip Rivers, <laughs> Rivers. Who that? Who has retired, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you, right, him and all his damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> On a random note, his wife, like girl, <laughs> bitch, I would put an X on my cat. Do not test. Do not go. Like, uh, where are you going? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> You know how in the middle of the night, girl, they be trying to hold you and want to cut them. None of that. Listen, we got nine of them in you there. You go through somebody's search history. I bet she'll look. How do you do a home vasectomy? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, that man got what nine kids. Nine. <laughs> this ain't no race. You must be more. Okay. This ain't no race between him, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
and uh, there's somebody else in the league that they all running together. Why do y'all have that many children? Yeah, a couple, at the very least. Uh, well, don't Drew Brees got a bunch of kids too? He got four, and Brittany said oh, that's okay. enough. Yeah, more than that. That's it. No, I know that. Uh, no, Brittany don't play. Brittany said, "I'm trying to preserve this just in case I leave you in the middle. Of, you know, retirement might form a whole new relationship." Uh, I can't think four. of any because uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, what Camardi? What's his? Friend? I can't remember his first name. Cromarty. Yeah. Oh, Ron Cromarty? Yeah, I know you're talking about. He had a bunch of kids, but he had a bunch of baby mamas, too. He was just a hoe. Um, and Travis Henry had a bunch of kids, too. But, again... Why do folks have that many babies? Again, but he had them with a bunch of different women, too, because he was just out there slinging it as well. Um, fair enough. <laughs> it's not fair enough. It's irresponsible. But, <laughs> well, but, but what I'm saying is this. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, Mrs. Philip Rivers, oh. baby, I applaud you. I applaud you. I do. But during the, the early days of retirement, when all when every time he see you, he want to find you sexy, mm -hmm. turn on some porn, have have at it, play it. Don't mm -hmm. you come to me. Here you go. <laughs> turn all this off. As a matter of fact, go get the factory shut down. Turn the faucet off. Hope you don't want number 10. We don't do even numbers in this house. Because he's going to be wanting it. And I, I swear, I mean, I, you know, young Vera women, they'd be like, ooh, I'm going to get another make sure I get a check. You got nine like, checks. Right, he ain't going nowhere. Like, you, like, Shit. It, it, he, like, he can't afford to lose you now. Like, you good? <laughs> right. You got nine. Nine. Ryan Fitzpatrick has 11. Lord Jesus. Eleven. Yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, what that 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 line in the help when Viola Davis was like, "Ain't you tired? <laughs> Ain't you tired?" <laughs> yes, I am. Because I'm tired for you. <laughs> look, 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 Ken. Don't you uh, for gays? You y'all know. Don't you want to have sex? No, you have eleven reasons in that mm -hmm. room why I do not nope. want to have sex. Eleven. Nope. I'm right there. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm good. <laughs> mm -mm. You should have thought about all the shit you wanted to do with me while you was having them 11 turn. I, I ain't got it. Mm -mm, that's a lot. So, I mean, I commend them. Amen to God. Um, so, also, really quick, I am excited. I didn't real quick, because I know we're talking about coaching carousels. I looked up Arthur Smith. I'm actually, I mean, he did a good job with Derrick Henry. Coming. I'm excited for him. Oh, yeah. So, for, for, for the audience, you know, um, the Falcons hired Arthur Smith as their new uh, head coach. And... Yeah, I was I was I was rooting for Eric Bieniemy, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, but it looks it looks like he's just not going to take any head coaching job. I think he wants to stay in Kansas City. I don't blame him because they've got the, all the workings of a dynasty brewing down there. Well, up there, up there, I should mm -hmm. say. Um, so you know, no love lost. Like I, I, that was a good choice. But um, yeah, Arthur Smith, I. I I will say I'm encouraged by the fact that they finally hired an offensive-minded head coach. Um, he's got work to do, obviously. Um, he got some decisions. He's got to make big too. decisions to make, and I hope one of them is to get rid of Matt Ryan's ass. Like I, I oh, I'm <laughs> over her. Like I, I, like I. That is the reason why they're still sleeping on the couch. I'm still broken up with them. Um, yeah, <laughs> like no, like I'm not doing it. Like I. I'm just they they got got to go. Go. Like I'm good. Like you know, like you know, I, I you know, I'm gonna come back because I still love the Falcons. I'm gonna come back, but I'm still like you know, they still sleep on the couch. Like you know, when they when they fired Dan Quinn, I let him back in the house. But you know, 
Then shit went to shit fast right, after that's that. True. True. They still sleep on the couch, and when I leave, they leave, and the door's locked. And like, <laughs> look, look, Lord Raheem Morris. I almost forgot. Lord Raheem Morris didn't even get to keep it. Well, job. I mean, okay. So objectively, like I was, <laughs> she felt well, I was, right. I mean, I, objectively, I was cheering for, like, I was hoping the best for Raheem Morris, but he made some very questionable decisions, especially late in games. Yeah, um, he, he was did. awful at clock management. And his decision making seemed to be very erratic and he was flying by the seat of his pants. And, you know, I just think not got time for that. Like it, it clearly, it clearly just didn't, it, when he lost another 17 point advantage to, who was that to, um, uh, was it Tampa? Was it the last one? Yeah. Yes. The Tampa it was, was Tampa. That, I was like, you know what? All right. I'm done. Get out. Like, Raheem, more power to you. <laughs> I but, but I'm done. Get out. Like, no. Like, I just, you know, I was. Uh, uh, that, well, I mean, he didn't get to keep his job. I just, it found, I was like, dog, what happened? Oh, you, oh, you gone. Oh, sorry. No, he's still, he's still a coordinator and he needs to stay a coordinator. And that's fine. Cause he, you know, I think that he's yeah. a good coordinator. He just need, you know, maybe with more some more experience, you know, he can make a run at a, a head coaching job. But he's not there yet. Um, no, he's definitely. I don't not know there if Arthur Smith is going to keep him on on his staff. Um, more than likely, he probably will because you know I will say that Raheem Morris at least has the players behind him. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well. I, I like I said, I'm quite intrigued going forward as far as what will the the off season bring for a lot of teams. It's going to be a very interesting off season for a lot of teams. Um, so that's going to be fun to watch and fun to talk about, actually. Um, so, but I, Philip Rivers, congrats on your career. Um, have fun in retirement. Stay away from your wife. Um, if she give you a pass, go use it. Don't stay away from her. You might be working on child number ten. That's a lot. Child. Um, Drew Brees, same thing to you. Um, for those for those great players who've done so much for their organizations, um, big up to y'all. I mean, do y'all. I just we we need new era, new blood. Um, so yeah, I think that with that, what what else did we have? You know, I've uh, glass number five, you know, I, mama's not uh no, I think uh I think I mean uh, I don't I think we can move on to the rants because I've got a couple of them. all right so back for season two and i'm and i'm tad bit on a scale of teetering between sober and tips and probably more inside tipsy that's fine um i'm excited for season two of rants because as we get further along in this you know and plus she's had a lot Uh to drink today well ladies and gentlemen back for another stellar season <laughs> One of my favorite segments of the show. Uh, my best friend, my sister, Kenny. All right. Friend. So I like this rant to, uh, I'm going to start off with uh, a lesson about unconditional loyalty. <laughs> because I think that it is an outmoded, late, tired concept that does not exist. Loyalty should be conditional. Aaron Rodgers, I'm talking to you. <clears throat> oh, I'm oh. talking directly to him. <laughs> Fuck people in Green Bay because they did you right. 
you want to, I understand this whole lovely fanciful, like, you know, story about, oh, I spent my entire career and, you know, and blah, 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 blah. You're going to go down as Green Bay royalty and whatever. You know, damn well, the second that you are done playing, you taking your ass right back to California and you will never step foot in Green Bay ever again unless they unless they were, unless they're giving you something pretty and shiny that's full of gold or putting your number up on something or whatever the case may be and you're going to be in the first thing smoking out that bitch afterwards so, <laughs> so that is very so, true i just pause it to you and there's been there's been a number of athletes throughout the years that have fallen prey to this concept of unconditional loyalty and i just want y'all to put it to bed never look at that bitch again because unconditional loyalty is an affront to your humanity like take care and make sure that people meet you and take care of your values and and your needs because at the end of the day like if 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 jordan loves becomes this you know this star and this breakout person whatever the case may be they will tell you to kick rocks and see you at the crossroads and of course they'll give you all the honors and all that stuff <laughs> but like at the end of the day like you want you want rings you want to take care of it. that's that's fine and i suggest that you do it Giannis Antetokounmpo i'm talking to you you just took your ass to Miami and kicked it with uh swag daddy Pat Riley and said you're gonna sit your ass up right and maybe got a ring faster Milwaukee where they're not going to be able to attract free agents and, and and you're going to do this same thing where you get to the playoffs and lose in the first or second round and you continue to do this your entire career because you want to be loyalty. You want to show unconditional loyalty to this team and franchise and whatnot. It's not a thing. So I'd encourage mm-hmm. you all to really think about that. Like, loyalty should always be conditional. And let me tell you, like, unless your name is Rosalie Cantrell, and you birthed me. <laughs> there is right. no such thing as unconditional loyalty, and even Rosa has her limits. Um, uh, I know Ellen got hers. You got one time. Yeah, I, you know, I like you know if, if she's good, if, if the limits are high, but they're there. Like there, are, there's there, there should be no such thing as unconditional loyalty, and 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 conversely. You should never expect unconditional loyalty from anybody as well. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron, I applaud you. Put the pressure on them. Tell them motherfuckers that, yeah, <laughs> if you don't do something about this defense and my offensive line, if you fuck around and go and draft another goddamn running back when you know we don't need one, like, I'm out. And you should stick to it and do it. Um, that would be my advice to you. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you know, and, well, and it's Green Bay. Like, who the fuck I, like, oh, and who wants to play in the cold of of the frozen to the, tundra? Listen, listen I say the cat stepped on that field the first time. Like, you know what? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't want to do this. I was just playing. Look, no, I'm retired. Yeah, I was just playing. <laughs> no, no, no. I want that. This was and that, to play your very. If you've been in the league almost twenty years too, to play your first game NFC home championship game on your own soul, that that you you, yeah. you deserve absolutely better. deserve you better. You deserve better. Fuck that. Peace out. Spend what lasts of your what a fresh start. Like Matthew Stafford said, there's nothing wrong with yeah, a fresh start. Absolutely. So um I'm not done yet. Well, done ladies yet. and gentlemen, I don't I, <laughs> oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, so, sir. You know, I don't and, and it's not my intention 
to make this show overly political. However, <laughs> comma, <laughs> I am sick and tired of motherfuckers <laughs> insulting my intelligence. And I oh, am tired <laughs> of opportunistic robots. And that is all I'm seeing. And ever if you unless you lived under a rock, we all know about the insurrection and this, you know, mob that tried to overthrow our government and was incited and you know by you know a sitting president of the United States at the time. And all throughout this week, yeah, I've heard excuses after excuses after excuses by lawmakers and the part that burns me up as a queer person of color is that I would never get this kind of grace at the slightest infraction. And I'm just, and I'm just over it. But the real target of this rant is, rant is motherfucker Richard Grinnell. You know who I'm talking about? Oh. I've heard about him. I've not heard very... I've heard about Richard him, but not Richard Grinnell was the out gay Republican conservative that was appointed as the ambassador to Germany and then he briefly served as the interim I think uh, uh, national security something like someone uh, I think that was his title whatever something along those lines completely mm-hmm. unqualified but he was loyal and that's all the Trump cared about cared about but my issue with him is that he is the manifestation and complete personification of everything that makes queer people of color feel alienated. And I, and I don't use this term lightly. I really don't. But I fucking hate him. I literally hate him. Like... I want to punch him in the face, like in the worst way. I hate that dude because he has shown and he's willing to completely turn his back on everything that is LGBT and uh, and 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 queer and and anything that that does not that does not advance his own interests. He's chosen to. He's chosen that his white privilege is a priority over everything else. And so he's completely okay with up there lying and trying to tell us that, oh, well, Trump is one of the most pro-LGBT presidents you know, to ever sit. I'm like, what the fuck mm. are you talking about? Like, <laughs> where, where were we? Did we miss something? And he's, and he's willing <laughs> to do that. And so what I, what, what I put forward in this rant is just to all of our our listeners that may not understand where I'm coming from, because and I think and I think my sister Glenn can can understand and agree with me. As a queer person of color, I am stuck in this void, this weird place where I'm in the, this gray area in the middle, almost like a motherless child, in the sense that at times I am too gay for the black community and at other times I'm too black for mm. the queer community. And motherfuckers like Richard Grinnell mm. really put an exclamation on that point because he's made it clear 
that his interest in LGBT rights started and ended when he got the chance to marry his partner. Everybody else can go fuck themselves. And I know that he'll Everybody never give a damn themselves. about me or anything that I care about or my feelings or anything that's important to me. And 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 for that reason, I'll give him a big, huge fuck you and everything that you stand for because I hate him. And I um and as much of a supporter and I, I will march and I'll be there for my my LGBT brothers and sisters, my trans brothers and sisters, please recognize that when you don't understand sometimes where there is a sense of, of, of jaded dismay from queer people of color, it's motherfuckers like him is where it comes from. When you hear the term white gays thrown around, that's who they're talking about. <laughs> that's what they mean. Mm-hmm. That's what that's they exactly mean. exactly who they're the talking about. That does not care and give a damn about me. He expects me to be there and have his back because we're supposed to be in this same boat or this same struggle as queer people. But at the end of the day, when it comes time for you to stand up for me as a queer person of color, you are nowhere to you be are found. You are nowhere to be found. Just not advance your interest. And that shit burns me up to no end. Sorry, that took me low for a second. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, you're good. I I tend to I and I agree because as as black gay men, um, especially m- m- you and I, and I can always say me, I'm sometimes gayer than the most gay, um, because it's as we get older, we tend to the less of a fucks we give about life, um, as far as who thinks what and who thinks what of us, um, but the part that that angers me the most about certain individuals that sit atop their throne, known as him, is it, you're right. As long as you can do what you want to do, fuck the rest of us. None of us matter. We don't, nothing else we do counts. We could help you get to the finish line, but it doesn't matter because you've done what you needed to do. Um, um, that's that same thing as, and like I said, we talked about it, the gays for Trump. What did so, he do for you? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'll but you get what I'm saying. Concept. So, <laughs> so for those that sit atop that 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 mighty throne and go, well, you know, they they work for us. They they're trying to make sure the greater good. Let me make something very clear. The greater good is as long as they get theirs, they're fine. They're not looking out for you at all. Mm-hmm. You are a number that helped them get to where they are. So mm-hmm. congratulations, you've succeeded. So, <laughs> you've succeeded. Um, so for as for me and my house and my sister, I know we will continue to be ourselves. It's what gets us through the day, whether that's drunk, sober, funny. It's just who we are as people. And that's why this podcast has thrived. Um, people love us. Some of us don't like us, but I don't think personally we give a damn. I sure I don't especially this moment. we give a damn. <laughs> um, you know, right now, right? <laughs> Get your shit! Oh, sorry, wrong movie. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Let me just say. Sorry, let me just say this. Flashback. Yeah, because um, I don't want to end on 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 a completely negative note. For for I I, I have to say that I love our queer community. I absolutely love, I don't like every shade, 
every nuance of gender, however you express yourself, however I'm, I'm here for you, I have your back, I got you, I love you, I will march for you. And especially when you're down for me. Um, and, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just pointing out that, and, and all I ask is that the, for the understanding that there is a reason why, why queer people of color at times feel alienated from the LGBT community at large. And it's people like them is the reason why. However, mm-hmm. that being said, he is an exception because by and large, you know, I feel I feel nothing but 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 love and unity and joy and joy. Absolutely, and the queer community is the reason why I love the you know pride celebration and things are the most joyous occasions I've ever seen. They are. I don't yeah. remember much of them after a certain point of the day, but they are wonderful <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> that caveat being. <laughs> Yeah, the caveat being till about two thirty, three o'clock, a bitch is I mean, good. I, 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 I mean, I'll usually be good and back right. up and at it and whatnot. But you know, like, but I, but, it, but in all honesty, those things mean more to me than just you know a party and a good time. I think you know that I there, there is there is really an energy that that is, that is unreplicated in any other situation I've been in. Um, and so for that, you know, I'm grateful and I'm humble and I just, uh, and I, and I encourage our community to keep sight of that. And when we see people who are not down for us, that we recognize it and see it for what it was. And he can go and hold hands with the rest of those people that he chooses to align himself with and they can all jump off a bridge for all I'm care. <laughs> over the ledge then. Fuck you. Okay. I saw Boomerang last night. That's my fault. Not in the audience. Boomerang <laughs> is this is this cult classic comedy by with Eddie Murphy, um, as uh, the legendary Eddie Murphy and the legendary, the legendary Eric the Kid, and, and of course the divine queen herself, <laughs> uh, Grace Jones. Uh, <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, it's gonna be a look at because. It's about an hour and 45 minutes, but baby, listen, it is one of the best hour and 45 it's minutes fuller, of my life. It's full of like, 90s it was on fashion and just and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I tend to, like I said, the guy that reached out to us earlier, those yeah. moments like that make us happy, make us proud. Um, A, doing this show and then hearing from everyone else that the, sis- the chemistry that my sister and I have, it, 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 it's it been formulated, um, as Facebook reminded us over the course okay. of the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making a yeah. bitch feel old, but I congrats. Thank you so much. Um, but we we don't, it's not work for us, but but we we want our LGBTQ as brothers and sisters to understand that we are here. We don't. As much as we joke and laugh, we still hear. And if for whatever reason you feel the need to say, hey, listen, I think they may understand. I think they may get something. Mm-hmm. Our DMs are always open. Um, say what you need to. Um, and if for whatever reason, if I don't see it and if I feel like Kenny is a better advocate and can talk to you better than I can, absolutely. But don't feel like all we're here to talk about is just 
the ass and TV on basketball and football. We are absolutely more than that because we want to be an outlet, and that's part of the reason why we created this show. So for us, uh, season two, episode one has been a blessing. (laughs) I'm drunk. That is a blessing too. Amen. You know. Speaking of which, God, did I real quick? Maybe make y'all laugh real quick before I let y'all go. My husband said, "Bam, we we'll take another month off of drinking." I said, "No, the fuck you won't. No, you won't." Like, well, listen, like, we, we no, you won't. Make it. <laughs> look, we still in court. Look, a bitch is still on punishment. You still not work. Ah, uh-uh. mm, mm, no. I'm kicking over Christmas trees and shit. Ah, uh-uh. no. Right, so no, we no. we gonna have to have oh, you tell oh, that story oh. next episode. We will. So I'll write that down so I can tell it. But yes, children, uh, my, I tell, that I said I'm drunk, we want to thank you guys for welcoming us back. Um, we will be in tune. Next weekend is our Super Bowl episode weekend, which will be fun nonetheless. Uh, we'll have great shit to talk about, and I will have a brand new set of baby daddies of the week. They all will probably be related <laughs> to Travis Kelsey and his big-ass booty, but that's beside the point. Um, I'm gonna have two others that'll make sense. Hopefully, somebody else will come out the woodwork that I ain't seen. So you know that happens. I'm lying and waiting tonight. Anyway, can't stand you. Anyway, on behalf of my sister and I, we want to thank you. Uh, and just like every other time we've said that, sports is yes, for every night, including.